You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 8th of October, 2015. Um, time's flying. Get your Christmas, start your Christmas marketing if you haven't started it already because it's, you know, it's almost Canadian Thanksgiving. That comes up next week, uh, coinciding with uh, Columbus Day in America. And Dave, we're, yeah. we're I, I, I honestly, we're, we're into the, the fourth quarter. The year is almost over. It's blow. It, time flies so fast it blows my mind. I know. You know what? I, I even remember in my head, and it turns out you were right. I remember in like late June, you're like, "Summer's almost over," and I was like, kind of rolling my eyes. Our visitors might remember, and then here we are, and it feels like that was yesterday. You were right, it's Jim. Douglas Copeland, the uh, you know the uh, science fiction author, has a term called acceleration culture. You know, just like, you know, technology and the tasks that we have to do every day and just the amount of interesting stuff that's happening. And, and maybe this happens as you get older, too. I don't know. But just, you know, time speeds up. There's just so much to interest you in a day that, you know, eight hours, 10, 15, 16 hours passes in the blink of a minute. So, yeah, folks, um, the last vestiges of warmth are, are here. Winter will soon be upon us. More importantly, Christmas will soon be upon us. And uh, there's a lot of flux happening in, with Google, with uh, uh, search engines and technology in general. This is going to be a fun show today because we have a whole bunch of stuff to talk about, ranging from content that is coming out of PubCon. And I'm pretty sure that PubCon is, uh, I think PubCon won. I don't, know, I don't know how to say this, but it, you know, when you think of the pantheon of really important conferences... For staying power alone, but just for what it's grown into, I just got this, you know, this sense that PubCon won. Yeah, no, they 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 really do seem to have, eh? I mean, it's a funny one because you almost have to view SMX as an extension of certain <laughs> um, the search, search engine strategies, right? Because Danny land. sort of 
moved from one and immediately started the other, right? Danny Sullivan, for people who don't yep. know the name I'm referring to. So it, it's funny because I, I look at, yeah, PubCon has, has lasted forever. Um, but then as conferences go, you know, I sort of think of Danny Sullivan, right? And then I'm like, okay, but you've been organizing conferences forever too. So <laughs> it's like, oh, it's almost a tie. I'll, I'll give him almost a tie. But yeah, PubCon for, for pure staying power, popularity, um, the, I mean, no doubt about it. Brent's done a, a really, really good job. I wonder if it's so popular because it's the place Danny's not watching. You know, like, <laughs> like, like, like SES lost it. They just, they threw it away. Yeah. SMX, as, as you said, is run by Danny, who's like the grandfather. You know, he's, how to say this, um, Danny Sullivan is, we all owe everything to Danny popularizing search and creating the standards of the community that we, you know, that still serve today. Yeah. Um, and, you know, being, being really the, 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 the original voice of search, Danny was synonymous with search and has such a degree of reverential respect in the industry that, you know, maybe, maybe attending his shows is like attending grandpa's con, not, not grandpa in a bad way, but you know, the overseer, <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, the authority, even though Danny's one of the nicest, uh, friendliest, uh, funniest people, Oh, definitely, definitely. So you know, go to go to PubCom, which you know happens to be in Vegas, uh, formerly known as Sin City, now sort of Sin Light City. Um, <laughs> I hearken for the good old days, you know, um, <laughs> when guys like me could get away with being guys like me. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, Jim, what is going on at uh, at PubCon? I mean, I know you've been keeping up on on what's going on. I've been watching my Twitter feed, but uh, you brought it up, so so take us in. Well, you know, the, I mean, the number one PubCon thing is uh, for for people who aren't there, who aren't actually in the sessions, the the number one general PubCon thing is, of course, the U.S. Search Awards. Remember last year, uh, uh, Dwayne Forrester won the uh, Personality of the Year. Yeah, well deserved. Or U.S. Search Professional of the Year, and he was, you know, awarded with uh, with the tiara and everything. Mm-hmm. This year, that goes to Larry Kim from WordStream. Also really well-deserved. Definitely. Check this one out. Um, I think this is a, a, a totally well-deserved award. Bill Hunt uh, won Lifetime Achievement Award. Oh, okay. See, I did not know that. Now, you know, if anyone deserves a Lifetime Achievement Award, well, I guess lots of us do, but Bill certainly does. Goodness gracious. He's exited, you know, two different firms. He, uh, you know, built and created two different international search marketing firms, exited both on a positive note, um, selling them both quite well, I believe, and is, you know, now a free, one of those uh, freelance consultants, one of them freelance consultant people, eh? And <laughs> uh, Bill is just one of the trusted, the most trusted authorities anywhere in the world in search. So Lifetime Achievement Award for Bill Hunt, that's way cool. Best small agency, Rank Hammer. Be honest, I've never heard of Rank Hammer before, but that's because they're a small agency. For, yeah, a small <laughs> agency. How about this one though? Best large agency, Elite SEM. Oh, okay. Uh, do you know them? I don't know them, but I should. 
Um, one that I found interesting looking through, and it's, it's something they both show up on my resolution, which is just the 16 by 1050, right? So um, not, a, not a huge resolution. The same company shows up winning two categories as I was scrolling down, and that has to catch my mind. A company mm-hmm. you know, I know, you know the owner, you love them, so do I. Best low-budget campaign in display PPC. Best use of social media in a search campaign. Uh, Aim Clear wins both categories. Now, just to just to note, uh, best low budget campaign was Aim Clear working with Seagull Outfitters. They were yeah. Display PPC campaign. Now, best use of social media in a search campaign was not a low budget campaign. This was with Airbnb. <laughs> yeah, that won't be low budget. Yeah, um, SEO social SEO psychographic amplification. Get Marty to say that three times fast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Um, another one, you know, Bill Hunt actually won two awards. He, uh, he got, um, Lifetime Achievement Award, but he also won for Best Consultant. Um, a couple that I found really interesting, um, Innovation, a tool, I'm sure you use it, I use it, Majestic wins that one, so mm-hmm. an interesting tool for, for folks looking at their tools, I do use it, um, that along with uh, Ahrefs, I sort of use them depending on which one I happen to have you logged into. It'll be the one I use. But um, best SEO software, your yeah. friend of mine, Danny Goodwin, yeah, uh, works over at uh, works over at LinkedIn. He does uh, Momentology, their uh, their blog um, for them, and, and edits that. But uh, LinkedIn wins SEO platform of choice for agencies and in house teams. I've used it. I'm sure you have too. It is a it's a great piece of software. So something for uh, for folks to check out as well. And you know, I guess I guess we should. Um, the, the funny thing about having a uh, an award for the best SEO campaign is uh, very few people have, will have actually seen it. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong; millions of people will have seen it, but they won't know they've seen it. They just know they will have clicked on a winning result, right? Right. Best SEO campaign, um, Gary LSF. They won for Monkey Sports Hits a Home Run. I think it's very cool, but I got to ask you, Dave. Um, I, I don't know how you run your company, but <laughs> do you give your campaigns names like that? I uh, I don't. No, I usually refer to them by their domain name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so anyway, um, most creative naming of campaign goes to Gary LSF. Monkey Sports hits a home run. Actually, no, that, that was the best SEO campaign. And congratulations to everybody. There's a number of other winners in the U.S. Uh, Search Awards for 2015. Um, I think this is a really cool annual event. It, uh, we have our own awards show, for goodness sake. <laughs> wow, huh? Yeah. I noticed, I, I noticed lack of best podcast in industry. Oh, well, we know who would win that. Siri, yeah, Ross, Ross and John, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Serious oversight, but I, I want to go head-to-head with them on it anyway. Serious oversight, I think. You know what? I'll note, and, and here we are publicly, so I'll, I'll note it here. Uh, met up with Ross for lunch yesterday. He says hello. No, you're kidding, really? <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Well, that's, that's very cool. And, uh, and Mark. Sorry, folks, for those who don't know, these are folks that we've worked with at uh, Step Forth Marketing. Oh, uh, Ross, that's... the owner, great guy. You, Ro- you, Ross Dunn, and Mark Johnson got together for, uh, for lunch? For lunch, yeah. What are you guys up to? Yeah, I can't tell you on the, on the radio. <laughs> I want in. I want in. I was part of that. <laughs> I, hell, I made that all. I made all that to happen. I want in. <laughs> well, I'll tell you on break. Okay, excellent. What else do we got that happened? Hey, um, 
we are well. While we're on the subject of, of PubCon, I, I want to hold this on to later in the show just because it's kind of sad, but it's also kind of important. This year's PubCon has a uh, sort of a meta theme that that you know goes beyond search engines and working with search, and it's about us as a family, as an industry. Um, you know, as we mentioned last week, and as everybody, I'm sure most listeners of our, our show are aware, one of the most beloved people in the search community died way too young. Dana Lukadu uh, died a couple of weeks ago um, from injuries relating to a bike accident that she suffered over a year and a half ago. And... Uh, you know, I guess at last year's PubCon, everyone was thinking about Dana in the spirit of recovery, and this year's PubCon, everyone is thinking of Dana's spirit. And to try to create a positive legacy around Dana's name, um, Ed Lewis, Dana's husband, and uh, Alan Blywife, along with, with, with a few others in the industry, but but let's, let's call it for what it is, primarily Alan Blywife and Ed Lewis – have set up something called Dana's Fund. You can go you can go to danasfund.org. And it was Dana's wish that a fund be created in order to help ensure truly deserving young men and women have who have a passion for marketing, founded in a sense of making a positive impact on the world, that these folks be given an opportunity to begin or further their education in the field of multimedia and or of digital marketing. Danasfund.org and uh, if uh, you were over at Facebook today or, you know, looking at uh, stuff around PubCon or um, reading Alan Blywyth's feed, you'll note that he's noted Majestic donated $1,000 to Dana's Fund. Outspoken Media donated $1,000 to Dana's Fund. And, you know, folks in the industry are calling on folks in the industry to donate something to the Dana Lugadu Memorial Fund. So, you know, danisfund.org, easy to donate, do it via PayPal, do it via credit card, just do it. So that's the other, you know, and there's there's a whole bunch of other news coming out of PubCon, which I think we're going to have to talk about in subsequent subsequent sections, because we're about a minute away from going to break. Couple of things I do want to want to note that we will be noted uh, talking about Panda rolling out in well in phased increments. That was being reported in the SEM post this morning. I think that's quite interesting. Yep. Authorship not dead. That's in, that's neat. Duplicate content. Schema.org. Google going after attacked spam sites. Uh, artificial intelligence and accelerated results on mobile pages. All of this and more are going to be coming up here on Webcology. But before we get to that, we got to pay some bills. we got to take a break. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm on the 8th of October, 2015. Stick around. we got a lot coming up after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Internet Marketing Inc. designs fully integrated digital programs that improve brand experiences and grow businesses through valuable data insights and strategy across all types of media. Paid, owned, and earned. Their digital experts nimbly adapt strategy by providing you a comprehensive view of your brand's online audience and program performance. 
If you are looking for a data-driven approach to online marketing and advertising, call Internet Marketing Inc. today at 866-563-0620 or visit internetmarketinginc.com. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis, SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can Optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit spyfu.com. That's S-P-Y-F-U.com. And start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design? marketing strategy, promotion, and branding. Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, so social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 8th of October, 2015. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And, uh, again, there's a, there's, a, there's a ton of stuff to talk about Um in the industry today, especially if you're uh, three people who've worked for a company together and uh, went and had a secret meeting in Victoria and didn't invite Jim. But um, <laughs> I think the, uh, the one that's most interesting search uh, uh, to webmasters, one that I really want to dig into, is comments that have been made um, by uh, uh, Glenn Gabe, John, uh, Gary Ellis, and John Mueller about how the, uh, the the Panda 4.2 algorithm is being rolled out, why it's coming so slowly, and what they mean by it's coming out in pushed increments. What do you think about this, Dave? Uh, yeah, I have a feeling um, that what they're saying is that they've got a sort of stack of roller, and this is guessed just for, for our audience here and what they might be meaning by this. Um, I'm guessing that they've got a set of sort of predefined stages for this to roll out at. They're confident in the first one. They're not as confident in the next stages. So push, tweak, push, tweak, right? Like just sort of push this thing out over and over, but allowing for adjustments in the next stage before you actually push that next stage out. So it's a a quasi-manual rollout but with an organized sort of hierarchy to that rollout. That's how I'm anticipating or or interpreting um, what they mean by that. But... uh, you know, they could just mean, hey, we're going to just keep tweaking it and pushing it out uh, consistently, but obviously with, with a higher regularity than they are right now. 
But then, so 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 what you're suggesting is we have like Panda four point two point one, Panda four point two point two, Panda four point two point three, etc. Exactly, exactly. Um, just oh. allowing for those fixes, and you can't blame them. These are massive, massive, massive update, right? Like you know, we, we all know this, uh, but when we if we actually think about what's involved, like the massive mathematics and number of human beings involved in every one of these things, yeah, the idea that they need to you know, push out their known and then adjust for the next stage and run some testings on it based on what happened in the first one. And then, okay, launch that one. Okay, now let's test these things. Um, because they're, they're constantly having to push the boundaries. Um, and they're going to have to head into some unknowns here. So the idea that they may sort of stagger out and start with the most likely to succeed and move down, um, so that they're basing the, the ones with a higher variable. Um, factors that they're wanting to test, push those a little further down after they can sort of stack things on top of each other, avoid something like the Florida update, right, or something like that where where it actually caused some some a lot of collateral damage or, or like some previous Penguin updates have, have caused massive collateral damage. If they're working to avoid that, you're not going to hear a complaint out of me by pushing those things with a with a high variability or high chan- higher chance of failure uh, or false positives. Push those to the end after you can sort of stack other components of the algorithm on it. Um, yeah. See how those go, so you don't end up with conflicting portions of the algorithm. Well, I mean that makes a lot of sense. And you got for for listeners who who don't remember, back in uh, two thousand and four or five, Google released, uh, or maybe even earlier, maybe two thousand three. Anyway, Google releases an algorithm uh, called Florida. They released it um, just around well around American Thanksgiving in November. Worst possible and timing. The worst possible time just before Christmas, and this was back in the day when it when it took uh, weeks to almost a month to see significant changes in Google's in Google's uh, search result pages. When they rolled that out, it caused chaos, and a lot of small businesses lost their year because they lost their placements just before Christmas. Uh, Florida was a significant update, not a not a small minor one. It changed everything. Panda as well changed everything and you know astute readers might, or astute listeners might note that we're on the panda version 4.2 so there's been three previous mega iterations of panda with you know, minor tweaks in between and as they said the first one they rolled out turned everything upside down freaked out the uh freaked out the web and given the as you said again to, to agree with you dave just the huge volume of websites uh mind-blowing you can't even conceive of the number of web documents that have been published that are out there and in google's index it's impossible to yeah um i mean they could give us a hard number and i'm sure they have some version of a you know rolling hard number but still that number is so big it's impossible to truly conceive of it the math is incredible so I, I agree with you. Rolling it out, rolling it out slowly and incrementally allows them to do tests and allows them to make the tweak here and there to prevent Ma and Pa from getting slammed or hammered. Right. So knowing that this is rolling out slowly, and the honest truth is we don't know what that means. We don't know. It's not sectorally. You know, it's not like they're hitting the travel sector and testing in there and then, you know, hitting the uh, uh, sports and leisure and checking checking what it does to sports and leisure type sites. Um, given that it's rolling out slowly and webmasters are having to adapt to <laughs> changing circumstances, it's uh, 
and and then when I say changing circumstances, we don't know exactly what the changes are. We just know the effect of the changes. <laughs> yep. Google's actually giving some very good advice about what to do about this. For instance, if you're trying to fix a panda problem, Google is suggesting it's much better to improve quality content than it is to remove pages or mess around with the URL structure or the uh, uh, you know little little teeny things inside the website. It's about quality content. Yep. What, what, what do you think of that advisory, though? I mean, there's so much technical. There are so many technical fixes you can find on virtually any website that comes your way. Yep. Do you think that the content is more important than the structure of the site? I mean, what a dangerous question that is. I know. Because there is no right answer. Um, to me, um, you know, it, it's a lot like a, I don't know, if I go into a, because you're competing on Google, so you're competing in the, in the, in the finest search engine um, that exists. So if you go into the finest restaurant and they serve you a fine meal on plastic Ernie and Burt plates, um, you know, the, the experience is not going to be, is not going to register as good. And this may not be a, you know, the, the best, you know, example or, or illustration, but, um, you know, if your technical isn't in place, um, the fact is your content, I mean, you know, this, I think we've discussed this in the past year, your content can't possibly be read as clearly and cleanly. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, a further fact, and this is where I like, I love jumping into technical and I tend to do it early in campaigns. And the reason is, and, and you know this, we've both been in this long enough and probably most of our listeners do. There's this checklist, right? You're sitting at number four. How do you move to number three, right? Like if you haven't solved your technical, there's always this unknown and I hate unknowns. <laughs> like I hate this, like, should I tweak the content? Should I add more content? Do I need links? Is it the technical? If we can eliminate technical, it's just one less thing to have to worry about, <laughs> right? If you know that your page speeds are good, you know your mobile um, is is solid, you know your schema's in there, you know that your layout is solid and Google can get through and your internal linking structure passes the weight the way it's supposed to, good. Now you know you don't have to deal with that to push yourself above the fold. <laughs> you got one more thing to worry about. Well, I, I kind of liken it to... Um... You know, I, I've often used the analogy that we're really just glorified auto mechanics. <laughs> and I think the analogy still works. We, yeah, soup up, we soup up websites and make them into basically race car websites. And if the structure of the car isn't solid, a wheel can fall off. And if a wheel falls off, that means massive loss of rankings. Um, one of the reasons we, we, we deal with the technical issues first in, in, in our practice as well, because you, you need to make sure that that's not the problem. Also, you need to make sure that all the work you invest in creating far stronger content, and don't get me wrong, content is, way, it is, content is the key, but all the work in, invested in creating far stronger content can be completely derailed, again, if for some reason the tire falls off while you're rounding a curve. Well, and to use an example from another story we wanted to cover today, so I'll just quickly move us move us to that or, or use it as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, if your technical isn't in shape, news came out. This is from uh, just a couple days ago. New algorithm changes. Aggressively target hacked spam. So if your technical isn't in shape and kept up to date, 
<laughs> now you've got, and this is they're looking at this impacting five percent of queries. So there's that much hacked spam out there, oh. um, and this may be as like as as severe as you've got a hacked site to as simple as you've got these. You know, we've all seen them. Well, anybody who's done like link odds, you know, the average. My dad may not have, but you certainly have. Mm. Um, the like, you know, notice at the bottom of the page this has been hacked, or the injection of a whack of crappy links, usually for negative SEO, but sometimes not um, into into hacked pages. Um, you know, if your tech isn't in shape, this is the kind of stuff that can happen. Well, absolutely. Um, what you're talking about, David, and this is this is this is actually a big problem on the web. Uh, a lot of webmasters don't don't have don't even know they've been hacked like this. They don't know that their page is serving up links to uh, bestiality sites, sometimes to kiddie porn sites, sometimes to organizations that you wouldn't want to mention on polite radio unless Homeland Security came to visit you later for mentioning them. That's it. You know what? As good a segue as any, and it, it does bolster the why you keep up with technical SEO. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll try to break this down really simple. This is, this is an important story. Google is going to be cracking down on, as, as Dave said, on what are called aggressively uh, hacked sites. Here at Webmaster Radio and here on Webcology, we're constantly saying update your WordPress Always make sure, like, if you're using WordPress, that, that's 52% of you out there. Always keep it updated because hackers come along, they get into your content management system, and often using, like, a, a, uh, a JavaScript, they hide links frequently right there on your front page, on your index page, to wherever. And these links are followed by spiders and bots. They are taking reference from your site and, um, you know, using your server, your host, your money, your company, your reputation to promote some of the most god-awful stuff out there on the web. Like, these are the darkest, dirtiest corners of the live web. And, uh... This happens to an alarming number of websites. You said, Dave, it's going to affect like 5% of search queries. Yep. <laughs> That's a lot of sites. Um, and to, to illustrate an interesting example, we were working with a – it was a Joomla site. Um, it hadn't been updated. I won't get into why that was, save to say, A, I'm not Joomla, and B, the thing was held together with duct tape, and his developer sort of wasn't keeping it up as he was supposed to. Um it, when it got hacked, and it did, and I'll be honest, there's part of me going, okay, good, because this is going to force the hand to get this thing updated finally. Yeah. Um, but at any rate, the way uh, they did it was very, very difficult to detect. If your visitor visited the page, you'll love this. Um, if a visitor visited the page, they saw the content as usual. If you looked at Google's cache to see what Google saw on the page, it had actually swapped out all of the content. Um, and injected some links to pharmaceutical sites um, in in the context of a bunch of content about pharmaceuticals. Um, so, uh, you know, sort of hat tip to the hacker. It was actually quite a bright <laughs> hack. It's, it's, it's a clever method of, of getting your links out there, most certainly. It was, because I've more often seen like a quick hack that just drops some links in the header or footer or something like that, and they're visible, and you just hope the person doesn't see them or notice. But if you want to get um, your hack onto like a a popular site, like onto a real for real site, not just the lowest hanging fruit. Um, the way they did it was was fairly 
you know, credit where it's due. It was fairly clever. I'm glad we caught it quickly <laughs> and, and remedied it, but, uh, or rather talked to um, the developer who finally did get everything upgraded. Now, back in 2013, uh, Google noted hack sites were the second biggest cause of manual, manual penalties, manual actions taken by, taken by Google. Yep. At that time, they launched a help center for, for people who, who, you know, who have hack sites. It's online, uh, google.com slash webmasters slash hacked. If you think you're suffering from this, uh, if you think you, you know, get being penalized or you know that you've gotten, you've been informed of a manual action, check out uh, google.com slash webmasters slash hacked and uh, you might be t- surprised and terrified by, by what you find uh, 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 on your own server. Um, security is, is, folks, you gotta remember, like, his webmasters were, were running more than, uh, than, than, than storefronts on the web. This is more than, like, you know, a, a locked door and an inert building. Think of, like, us as running storefronts on the web that can be filled full of gas. <laughs> and all it takes is one match, and then a whole block is gone. Um... That's the that's the kind of way you got to think about security and your websites, because as webmasters we're responsible either to ourselves, but we're also responsible responsible to the greater community and, or to our clients. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's it, it, I just think it's of great importance. We're 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 kind of like the lawns keepers. Um, I don't even know palace guard lawn keeper at the same time, right? <laughs> Okay, I lost the analogy halfway through, but yeah, I, I, I was thinking of Shoshana. I kind of followed it, though. Um, okay, so back to Panda. <laughs> Google is saying, this, and this is coming out of like, back to Panda and PubCon, um, Google is saying, the slow-rolling Panda is really interested in your content. So say you got like thin content on a page, page uh, you know, a page that really had no real reason for being up or the content is old or instead of just instead of removing the page mm-hmm. fix the content that's google's advice okay. not bad advice well and it's sound too because those pages they might have thin content on them they may be in google's secondary you know in the in the part of the index that you know, nobody the, the seller of the index that nobody ever sees but they're still in the index they're salvageable and all Google wants is a reason to rank a page because that gives Google, you know, like uh, real estate to put ads beside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what they want. Okay, moving along. Well, you know what? Speaking of, uh, of pandas, mm-hmm. um, but we go, it was, it was like literally right after our show, I believe. Um, at least that's, that's when it, it became sort of published. Uh, penguins. We can talk about penguins. Um, as well, and what I believe is Google, uh, not purposely, uh, but nonetheless telling us a falsehood. <laughs> Gary, that. Gary Ellis from uh, from Google uh, at SMX East last week um, had noted that the uh, next Penguin update was forthcoming uh, in the. I don't even know what this means, quote-unquote, foreseeable future. Um, so who knows what that means, but it's no longer months away. I, I'm guessing we're actually going to see it next week if I get to uh, if I get to put my guess in because I would put it just under a year. Um, and remember, we all went up in arms over the year thing. 
last time. Well, like, <laughs> Which we what we think, right? <laughs> the search engine optimizers are mad at us. Better get on that penguin. Oh no, I think it's more to be a smart aleck. But um, oh, this see. time, this time they say um, that it is going to be a um, roll, like a, or a, a rolling, constantly updating um, version of the algorithm. Um, so now let's all remember that they also said this about Panda. Yeah, <laughs> that was like. I don't know, a year and a half, two years ago, they said that Panda was going to be switching over. They're now saying it about Penguin. Um, if it actually does, I think you and I can agree that'd be an outstanding thing um, for webmasters so that you would know when you were like, whatever, fixing a spam link issue or whatnot, you would know that, yes, you're not going to have to wait a year or more. Uh, for, maddening. For, um, that it could actually just recover. Um, I think it would allow them to be a lot more aggressive as well without fear that, hey, they're going to hurt people now they, you know, for like a year, right? Like, and they can be much more aggressive with their algorithm, um, try and hit some, some areas they haven't, and hey, if it goes wrong, oops, right? And, and tweak uh, and, and pull back quickly from that. So um, I hope it's going to turn into a rolling algorithm. Um, I, I really do. Um, even if it just went to the, the version of Panda, right, where it's every, you know, much more frequently and, and uh, you know, especially the one where they're pushing it uh, constantly now or, or pushing it periodically. Um, okay. If it can even go to that, I'll be happy. As an SEO, the long march of the penguins has been uh, immensely frustrating. Yeah. And it's been really confusing for me too because, I mean, Dave, you, you, know, uh, you, you know how Google works. It's all about link evaluation, the, uh, relevant, the relevant strength of any given link coming into a page weighed against the quality of the content on that page. Yeah. So there's a whole big section of how we think about Google and Google's operation that hasn't been operating the way we expect it to for over a year now. Yeah. And when you think about link evaluation, it has to be a constant churn. So they are churning something. And that something is Penguin-related, but we know that a better, more the new and improved and uh, even smarter Penguin is on the long march. It's coming this way. It's just around the corner. Its arrival is imminent. Uh, you know, <laughs> she'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, just try to, trying to... Part of being an SEO is doing a lot of predictive analysis, and this is impossible to even factor. You know, what do you think about this? Um, do you do, do you try to suppress giggles when you tell a client that uh, you believe a penguin rollout is imminent? Yeah, <laughs> I do. I, and, and you know what? I always put the like, and here's what they've said, and you know. <laughs> so I, you know, here's our best guess, but they're wrong as often as they're right. Probably more often, actually, no. it, at least in, in, in what they're telling us and in their timelines. Now, I don't know about you, but I consider myself a student of absurdity. Mm -hmm. And I love Google for this because it, it actually makes my client meetings a lot more fun because <laughs> I get to explain, you know, Google's hesitancy to actually commit to something because, well, again, it just it feels like Google broke itself about a year ago and they're trying to patch it together. Ever since, yep. Yeah, that's um, exactly. speaking of, sorry, Dave. That's exactly right. Oh. Speaking of Google, kind of sort of breaking itself. We're, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to touch on Google Plus in a few moments because 
just after this happens, this always happens on a Friday after we've done our show. Something really funny will happen tomorrow after we've done our show, and we won't be able to talk about it until it's like so old it's almost dead. At SMX last Friday, but after we got off the air, Gary Ellis, one of our newfound friends at Google, uh, suggested that authorship may not be dead after all. Now, we're going to have to leave you hanging on that because we got to take a commercial break, but I do want to come back and just talk about like the ups and downs of tools in the Google Plus ecosystem. But before we do that, we've got to take a break here on Webcology. It's the 8th of October, 2015. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, and you're listening to Webcology on Webmaster Radio. Back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Finding links to improve your rankings in the search engines is time-consuming and frustrating for many of us. The Hoth is the go-to company to help lighten your link-building load. Their white-label SEO was made specifically for agencies, in-house SEOs, and affiliates. The Hoth also offers high-quality custom local citation building to improve search rankings in Google's maps and localized results, providing fulfillment for some of the largest SEO companies in the world. The Hoth offers link and citation building services you can trust. Get $20 in link building or citation building credits free by going to thehoth.com slash radio. T-H-E-H-O-T-H dot com slash radio. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point click and it's live in real time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point click and it's live in real time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webculture on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's, it's October the 8th, 2015. And hey Dave, I uh, just want to do this one really quickly. Remember a couple of weeks ago, uh, Mark Zuckerberg uh, suggested that um, Facebook was going to come out with a dislike button? Yes. They didn't. They chose not to. Instead, what they're doing is they're coming out with a ratings scale from like to love to haha to yay, to wow, to sad, to angry. They're coming out with emojis so that people can rate how this piece, this post, this uh, Facebook uh, thingamabobber made them feel. It's kinda, I think that's kind of interesting. It's a, a lot stronger than a like or dislike button when you think about it. And 
makes me think even more that user reaction is going to play a huge part in whatever Facebook rolls out as its algo, you know, next iteration. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's it's true. It kind of makes me... I have to wonder, and, and I just think it's going to be a disaster in this context. We all know, like most Facebook, a lot of Facebook, most, I think it's most, um, is on mobile. So I have to wonder how that's all going to... Uh, going to play out on a mobile experience um we can all you know you can easily integrate that into desktop but how do you integrate that properly into mobile without taking up more of my screen i assume it'll be like another pop-up but to me it's now there's one extra step my big fat thumbs i have to do on my mobile device but we'll see hopefully i'm wrong well you know what you may well be right in a mobile environment that may be almost impossible to use properly <laughs> but that that they're doing it makes again makes me think that they're uh going to go even look even stronger at more strongly at user reaction um well and and powerful like think about the advertising targeting now yeah you now know how i feel at a specific moment in time and it's not just an a b we have a whole range so it's much easier to slot people into you know various areas Various yeah. uh, types. Of, it's easier to profile people when you got more more data on how they actually feel about something. Yeah. So there you go, friends. You will soon be seeing a series of emojis in Facebook, uh, under probably right beside or underneath the like button, so you can rate exactly how much you like or dislike this piece of information you're paying attention to. Whatever happened to Grumpy Cat? What would, <laughs> what would Grumpy Cat think about this? <laughs> Maybe that'll be one of the emojis. Perhaps. Okay, dislike. Well, I don't dislike. Actually, I like this, but I um, oh, it's just like how it makes my head feel. Last week, after we got off the air, came out on the on Friday the second on Thursday at Ask the Search Engine session at SMX East. Uh, again, last week in New York, Gary Ellis was reacting to a comment regarding authorship. Um, something a lot of us stopped messing with after Google sort of you know, killed Google+. They killed authorship, then they killed Google+, Plus itself. But they didn't kill Google+, Plus itself, and apparently they didn't kill authorship either. But they're not using it, but they still recommend we include it because they might use it again in the future. <laughs> so you put all of that together, and if your head hasn't popped by now, and trying, trying to figure out exactly what I mean by it, what I think I mean is Google authorship isn't appearing in search results anymore, and it doesn't seem to be really influencing search results anymore, but Google is still gathering data around it, and it might use it later in the future. What do you reckon? Um, you know what? It's funny. I'd left it, like on ours, because I knew it wasn't going to hurt. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it, it is interesting. To me... What it comes down to is the more information that I can pass to Google, like it, assuming that I'm above board in what I'm doing, <laughs> the more information I can pass to Google about my site and its authors, um, the better off I am. Um, so, and, and this is a case where, yeah, to me, I knew it wasn't going to hurt. Um, I knew that I was giving Google a bit more info. Comes out that they're collecting it. Um, and that they might use it again. That's a big might. I, I don't know that they'll pull it back again. But I do know that passing them information about who's doing what. Um, provided, again, provided you're above board. <laughs> so not for everybody necessarily um, in, in the listening audience. But provided that you're above board. 
passing information is is really never going to never going to come back and kick in the butt. At worst, it'll be inert, and, and this proves to be one of those cases where I knew it'd be inert. Um, so we left it, um, and and turns out it might be uh, might be helpful, and it turns out that they have been collecting data from it. Well, I, I'm I'm in kind of a neat position on this one uh, with 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 my practice. About two weeks ago, we picked up a new client that you know our our strategy is entirely a publishing play. Their SEO is already tight. Like okay. It's tight. They they got a great website, but they're lacking in uh, really strong content. So you know, we do that absolutely. <laughs> and um, I made the recommendation to them to you know institute authorship, and I wrote this whole. I mean, this whole. I, just, I love being neurotic SEO way eh? because you get to write these like amazing detailed like. Uh, uh, well, Google says this, but they might really mean this. And I don't know what they really mean, but I'm trying to explain what I think they really mean. And they probably, anybody who says they know is lying. Even those who are, who really do know, because they tend to be lying too. And you get to write these like great elaborate explanations that really says, just rel equals author. Can't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I do believe that they are gathering, gathering data. And the earlier you start algorithmic, Results tend to favor those uh, entities that have the most data to you know, calculate a to use to calculate the result. Mm-hmm. So you want strong placements. Give them lot, like 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 you said, Dave. Give them more to think about. Right. And authorship is one of those things. Now it mightn't directly affect you today, but if they ever do turn it back on again, those who've established those profiles and have you know big. Big, thick, juicy profiles are likely to benefit fastest, first and fastest. That, that's my thinking. Right, because we've already got the data. They're not building from scratch. Yeah, and it is so much easier to, uh, well, to, to put it bluntly, it's much easier to kick people off the mountain than it is to climb the mountain yourself. Right. So you want to be at the top so that, you, so that you, know, you can resist the others who are coming to try to take your place. The difference between top 10 and uh, sub 10 is everything. Yeah. So authorship is still in play, even though it's not really still in play. There you go. Um, uh, we got about Something we have minutes. to cover. Oops, sorry. Go ahead. We've got about four minutes. Um, I like the artificial intelligence one that you, that you posted. All right. Let's do it. What's this all uh, about? Google is investing in artificial in, – in, Google's investing in German artificial intelligence, so you know it's solid state. <laughs> yeah, I found it really interesting because I'd read two interesting stories on artificial intelligence um, in a 24-hour period. And I thought, okay, I mean we, we know that that's what, what science is striving for right now, at least computer science. Um, so, okay. And yeah, Google has, is investing in a DFKI, which is German and I don't have the translation, but the German, German Research Center. Center for Artificial Intelligence. Right. That's the, the loose translation. That's what it turns into. Um, a nonprofit institute with 450 science uh, scientists, academic and others, uh, a budget of about $46 million. So quite a, quite a good budget. Um, Google's in there. They're building robots and, and working on AI, apparently doing quite well with that. Um, what I found interesting is that that ties to another story uh, from yesterday, um, where AI tests, um, basically the AI was written up and developed by folks at MIT. Here's what I loved, is it wasn't tested by the folks. 
um, at MIT. It was tested by uh, some folks at the University, I believe it was of Indiana. Oh, Illinois. Sorry. Um, at the University. So love when they move it to somebody else for testing, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they've they now developed AI that's performing at a four-year-old level. That's a big leap forward, like a, a big leap forward in, in AI. Um, it didn't do well in word reasoning. Uh, or comprehension, rather, but it did well in reasoning, vocabulary, and information collection. Not surprisingly, that that its problem is in understanding some of the more complex things that that the human brain can. Um, but at any rate, it's it's working at a at a four year old level at this point. Um, now we've got Google over on the other hand, and and we've got to remember that just a few years ago we weren't even close to four year old. Um, like they couldn't even perform on, on proper IQ tests. Um, so now we've got Google investing here um, on, on German AI plants, going to be able to work on, on the research being done from MIT and, and around the world. Um, we're, we're close is, is what I'm saying. And, and how Google is going to use this in there, let's also remember that they've been buying up, just going back a couple of years, they were buying up robotics companies like it was going out of style. They bought like seven in a year. Okay, we got a minute left, so I just want to get this in here really quickly. Interesting thing I see about this story in Google and uh, AI. Um, like, as you said, the uh, artificial intelligence can understand the words, and they can understand, uh, 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 you know, how the words apply. They understand synonyms, all this, so they never get the context. German and English are very different ways. Languages are very different ways of phrasing things. I see this as incredibly interesting because, you know, it's, 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 it's all in the construction of the phrasing for artificial intelligence. Now Google's looking at it in, like, two remarkably different languages. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Cool. It's going to be great. Um, I wish I could expand on that, but we're about to get the hook music any second now. About a minute ago, I got the note that said one minute to hook. <laughs> <laughs> so I know it's coming. He's not going to sneak up on us this time. Clever Brasco. Um so, yeah, that's kind of neat. We're, it'll be cool to see where that goes in the future, and we'll have to talk about that in the future because the hook is coming. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preempt it. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. <laughs> this is the most articulate I've ever done this closing. Articulately, I've ever done this closing. You've been listening to Web to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm on the 8th of October, 2015. Stick around, friends. There's amazing stuff coming up on the network after this hook music. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors.